0: Hey sisters. Okay. Today's episode is so real and so raw. I have one of my longtime clients and now friends who joins me and she is catching me up on the last year of her life. So she came to work with me several years ago and her whole intention in seeing me was weight loss. She was postpartum with her first pregnancy and over time, and in working together, we actually went a totally different direction and started working on empowered eating and healing some of the food struggles she had faced throughout her life. So, we ended up going on a completely different path that propelled her on a whole new journey. And so, in today's episode, she is catching me up, she is filling us in on the good, the struggles the beauty that came out of it all and I am so excited for you guys to hear um, just her real raw approach to life and there's it's just incredible uh it's also so real because she's with her daughter her youngest daughter and you can hear her kind of coming in and out in the background and I just love it because isn't that covid life I mean, we, we just have our kids with us all the time these days. <laughs> Before we dive in, I did want to let you guys know some of the things that I am working on for you. I am so excited that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be dropping an e-course for you. Many of you know I'm in the process of building an app. Oh, it's so close to being done. It takes forever. But it's getting there. And in the meantime, I have put together this e-course that encapsulates that um, meal planning method, that eating mentality that I have just to get you all ready for it so that you can get the most out of my methods and my meal planning system. So if you guys want to stay in the loop on that, please be sure to visit my website, uh, JessBrownRD.com. right there on the homepage. You can sign up to receive my newsletters updates. You'll get notifications on when I'm dropping episodes all that good stuff coming at you ladies. So make sure you head over to justbrownrd.com. Okay. So we are going to dive in uh, next week. I will be continuing the diet debunking series. So be sure you tune in next week. I'll be talking about clean eating. Isn't really a thing. Let's dive into this awesome interview with Caitlin. Hey girl, you are so amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that part of you. But I get it, I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I've spent the last decade working with women just like you who struggle with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things, body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body and our health. Whether it's overeating, undereating, overexercise, not moving at all, moving from dieting to the anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess. Body Bully Warrior, Registered Dietitian, and Food Freedom Guru. I love talking about food and nutrition because I believe knowledge is power and when we have knowledge and we know how to navigate that within our own body and our own story, we can be unstoppable. (laughs) If you're looking for more support, please email me at jessbrownrd at gmail.com and I'd love to be in your corner personally and walk with you on your food freedom journey. Let's stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat so we can finally live free in our own body. Grab that cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes, and let's dive in to today's show. Caitlin, I am so so grateful you are here today. When you reached out to me a few weeks ago and said that you would be willing to come on the show, I just I have to tell you I got I like almost cried a little bit for many reasons. One, because I was grateful, but two it like reaffirmed you and your journey and how far you've come. So, um, gosh, how long have we known each other now? Three years, maybe? Our paths intertwined early, but then we really sat down and started getting to know each other and working together uh-huh. when you were pregnant with your second.
1: Yes. So that was probably a little under
0: two years ago because she's she's a year and a half. So okay. maybe two years ago then. I was like six ago. months pregnant. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So it came to me at like one, I think is like one of the most vulnerable spaces in a woman's life when Mm -hmm. we're going through crazy body changes like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But tell me a little bit about why you decided to reach out and why you wanted to be on the show today. So I think I finally got into a place
1: where I am comfortable with my body. Um, I think the pandemic was the thing that really started it was this, you know, break from seeing people and being around friends and kind of realizing like I was the only one judging my body. And even if no one else in the world was judging my body, you know, I'm assuming they are. So, but it's like, it's coming out messy.
0: <laughs> That's okay. Oh, That's the okay. best part of podcasts. They're so real. <laughs> my husband
1: being the only one who's like looking at my body and he loves my body. He, he loved it. Like right after pregnancy, he loved it during pregnancy. He's loved it through every stage. What a great guy. Um, Yeah. And it, it helps me love it too. Now before Mm -hmm. not as much, but so I think we, we moved right at the shutdown literally a year ago. Uh, March 24th is when we moved in my, main mom group was in Highlands Ranch okay and so like moving to Parker is about 20 minutes away so it's not that big of a move but i knew it was going to kind of change some of the dynamics of things um i had a couple right. mom friends you know used to walk over and that kind of thing but i started to realize more and more like not being around okay so it sounds like
0: like the separation and like moving away from this group that you were actively involved in. And then all of a sudden you were left alone with your own thoughts and nobody else like triggering you, nobody else like, you know, giving you reason to like mentally go down a certain path on how you feel about your body. All you have now is your husband who loves your body. So what was that like? It was great, except um, I started to realize like my
1: own voice in my head was the real bully. You know, was yeah. Um, and so I actually started working with a therapist. Um, I've been in therapy. I love therapy. It's, it's the best, amazing. isn't it's so it? Great. The
0: best. Everybody needs therapy. I think. <laughs> needs therapy, all the time. I still go. It's just it's yeah. like my treat to myself.
1: <laughs> and now that I've gotten to know her, she knows me. She knows my mom, so I don't have to explain everything. Right. And it's we're in such a good spot right now. So. Um, I actually ended up making her a map of the life changes that I've been going through for the past year.
0: Wow, um,
1: that's something I wanted to share with you also because I guess the whole part of this whole journey is it—it's not just a physical journey. It's been yeah. Like, if anything, the physical part is one branch of this enormous tree of like all the things that I've been kind of deconstructing. And so it's all been like over the last year. Okay. So here's the silly part. Is the app TikTok. Do you know about TikTok? Yeah, I know enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I it might that. sound silly. I downloaded it, you know, a oh, year ago as a chill. The algorithm, I will tell you, is so good that like now a lot of my videos, yes, there's fun, like dances. Whatever, but a lot of it is parenting stuff, adults uh-huh. with ADHD stuff, like body positivity, religion. Wow! Um, so all stuff like supportive to you. Yeah. And and you it's know what? It's yeah. like uh, you and me making these videos mm-hmm. and not really caring who sees it, and then there's this kind of community of like and I've sent so many of them to my sister mom husband of like look this is me like I could never explain this to you and um there's this one this girl she's taking a test and she's playing like a voiceover of of what her brain is doing while she's taking a test and it's like reads the first line of the question then reads it again then reads half of it. Then it's like, okay, tries to read the whole question. And then she's not comprehending the question. And then she's like, maybe I'll try reading the answers, reads the answers, go back and like reads the first part of the question. And I'm like, and then she's like, wait a second. I've taken so long thinking about this question, like looking around, seeing, Oh my God, everyone else is going faster than me. I should just skip it. And that is me during a test. That's and so I'm like, oh, I am mean, relatable. tried to explain that for so long and, Getting to show a TikTok
0: video is super helpful. So, well, I've heard um, that TikTok's algorithm is more helpful. And I know for Instagram, they will, their algorithm includes like how long you pause on something. And so what I found, so I tend to like pause on things that I um, like disagree with or things that I don't like. And so it's interesting, you know, me, I, you know, I post a lot about like, body positivity and like nutrition science. So if I see something come up that's super triggering, you know, like it's very pro I don't know, like food obsession, like yeah. I'll pause on it. Or if it's like like triggering in terms of like women's bodies or whatever, like I'll pause on it. So then if I look at my search part or I don't even know what you would call it but when I go over there it's like all these horrible things that I'm like I don't want to see any of this why (laughs) why and it was actually one of the guys that works for me pointed out he's like oh Jess yeah Instagram's algorithm it doesn't take into account necessarily who you're liking or who you follow it's the things you pause on like how long you pause and read and I'm like oh my gosh but I think TikToks is different
1: I think Um, okay that would make sense but the other piece is Um, and this is like talked about on TikTok is that Facebook and Instagram in like the mom worlds are all very judgy and like a lot of negative comments. But like in TikTok, it's like grab a beer and join me kind of idea of like, we're all like- Maybe I need to get on TikTok together. (laughs) It's it's positive. Everyone's always, you look at the comments and there's hardly ever anything negative. And when there is, it's like other people are like,
0: then go like you don't need to be here. So did um, you set a boundary then with so you said like there was a new physical boundary with the group of females that just weren't pulling out like the body positive side of you and you've got like this kind of physical distance from everyone because you're in lockdown and then did you draw a boundary with social media too? Well so here's the part of that is even though it felt good my
1: brain my voice inside of me was like but You know, if you don't keep up a workout routine while this Mm -hmm. pandemic's over, you know, what's going to happen? You know what it was? I was in body back, which they now renamed it to body well, which I do appreciate. We were in that program and then there were two or three more workouts and she had started, our coach started asking, um, you know, are you guys comfortable meeting? And it was started to be like, wait, I don't think I am. And so the whole virtual thing started happening and everyone, you know, so disappointed about virtual workouts, which are so different now, but I started in my basement doing virtual um, body back. And that, so that workout group I'm in has a Facebook page, Mm
0: -hmm. the workout
1: group I was in had a Facebook page. Um, And it was just to communicate about times. And then part of the program I was in, um, there is a eating program as well. Okay. And they've redone it in the past six months. So now they kind of have these like pillars of food. I started with you. I think I started body back and then I started working with you because I didn't want to do body backs eating program.
0: Right. Well, it was Um, super triggering for you the first time around, right? Because you did it after your first kiddo was born. Yeah. And it was super triggering. And Oh, you know
1: what it was? It was Weight Watchers. Was it Weight Watchers? Um, I wanted, that's what I was, I didn't want to do, I wanted to do Weight Watchers instead because I basically grew up with Weight Watchers. Oh, that's Um, right.
0: That's right. That's such
1: a piece of like forming my whole like look on
0: well and taking it back even farther and if you want me to cut this out i can totally cut this out um but like taking it back even farther one of the reasons we connected and i think you felt comfortable working with me was because you had a, a similar story right with a struggle with bulimia and yeah. like dipping your toe in the eating disorder water for a while but then coming out of it but then yo-yoing through these different diets most of your life like weight watchers and then um, these different eating programs that came through online and all those sorts of things. So it's kind of, it was a part of like, just your nature. And you were like, I can't do this anymore. I need to do something different. (laughs) Um,
1: I think I also knew I was in like a really rough spot being postpartum, right? Like that's, I think you talked to me about, um, a pair of pants that fit me And I was like, I don't even know if I have one, because Mm -hmm. are we talking about the body I had before my first baby? Mm -hmm. Because that was like, you know, that body, I was like on a workout program when I got pregnant. So I was fluctuating then. Pregnancy was a huge fluctuation. And then I had lost like 50 pounds from pregnancy Mm -hmm. to going back into a regular body for me. And then, um, getting pregnant again. So it was just kind of like
0: yo-yoing, but in a naturally, in an okay way. The the thing about that is like, we're taught to like fear body changes and then women go through such crazy body changes so fast. I mean, all of that, mine was within, you know, a four year period Mm -hmm. that it was like, I went from, you know, my high school weight to, them telling me I was gaining weight, I gained way above the amount you're, you're quote, supposed to when you're pregnant. Yeah. And then it's like, and then you're done, you're done, and then you get pregnant again. And then we, I miscarried between my first two. Did so, you? Yeah, I did. So there was that. And then, yeah, it's all over the place. And then I had another kid, and then <laughs> most baby body's not the same. So yeah, right. so just pair of pants. So were you like looking for the pair of pants or what What was, um, remind me what we did. <laughs> Um, I think it was a pair of pants. It's like,
1: I still have the pants there. We were trying to get you off the side, scale, right? Yeah. Which I am off of. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, and have made a commitment to never weigh myself again. Awesome. Um, Body back group. I am in mean, during the pandemic, you know, we tried doing a, like zoom happy hour and, mm-hmm. um, it was okay. And then, um, I kind of, started realizing like just being on social media and starting to see some of the posts and stuff, it just kind of felt like more and more triggering to me. Mm-hmm. I think one of the big ones was someone had discovered that Costco made a enormous size donut, like a Costco size donut. <laughs> Sounds and, amazing. Um, yeah. Like someone had posted it and it was like, Ooh, don't you wish we could eat this? And it was like, Oh, wouldn't that be
0: great? I'd eat the whole thing with like the laughing cry emoji. Like with the implicit message that you're not allowed to eat it. Like we can't eat that. There's this unknown force holding us back.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's a big joke and everyone's laughing about it. And I'm just, I was always so annoyed by this of like, you know, why, why are we doing that? I don't, I don't get what the joke is. And Mm -hmm. I started like muting friends for 30 days, you know, they say like snooze for 30 days, just because I was like, you know, this, this isn't good for me right now, but I still love this person, but I just, I don't want to start liking them in my own head because of these little
0: comments. I just have to say, I'm so glad you're saying that because this is something that comes up so often for people that Mm. have struggles with food. It's like, we hear people say things and it's like, so it's triggering to us. Yeah. So like you can be at a table with your best friend, and your best friend's like, "Oh my gosh, my my, what did they call uh, my, my what? muffin muffin top. muffin top?" Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. My muffin top. You know it's ugh. And then you're sitting there going like, "I have a bigger muffin top than she does," and then you're you're angry at the person. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you don't love them. It's just like. Triggering, right? It triggers all of our own stuff. So you're like, okay, I gotta draw some boundaries here.
1: Right, exactly. Um, and I think the my first step in boundary drawing was that snooze for 30 days. Okay. You know, just um, okay. And then it kind of would come back and I maybe started like snoozing again. And then that Facebook group for my workout program, my coach posted a meme that (laughs) said, I wish menus posted the burpee equivalent instead of the calories and then it's like an example this donut is 267 burpees no thanks Mm. and she wrote something to think about with the laughing cry face
0: yeah and it was just
1: that that was it that was what
0: broke the horse's back or whatever the saying is that what what did that Um, say to you like what was the message that that gave you It was
1: okay. Here's my honest answer. And I don't know if you'll want to use this. Okay. My honest answer is as our coach, someone who like this group of 25 women is looking to, you're posting something so insensitive maybe Mm -hmm. to people who have struggled with eating disorders and disordered eating Mm -hmm. probably for a very long time. And something like this is so triggering. And I actually, I ended up texting her and I said, Hey dude, like I tried to make it really easy going and was like, this post you made, you know, when you say something like this, I take it to start thinking about every single food and the burpee equivalent.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: Like where my eating disorder comes from and starts to just like lead us again, lead Mm -hmm. me again of like, Oh, that's going to be five burpees. Oh, you want to take that bite? I wonder how many burpees that would be. And it's like, when I'm looking up to you and you're my coach and you're supposed to be positive and you're the one posting that I knew it makes everything else that much. Like it's just less
0: genuine. It's this, it's like, you're eating out of fear instead of education, right? Instead of saying like, how does the donut make you feel? How is it in alignment with your goals? and your long-term like health objectives, it's like, you need to be afraid of this because this is what it costs for you to eat that. Not
1: only that, but if you don't have any self-control and you eat it anyway, then you now have the guilt and shame. Yes. You ate that and you know, you're not going to do 267 burpees.
0: So now what? So now you're, you're negative 267 burpees. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how that'd be so triggering. I I truly do believe that people who say those kinds of things don't know any different and they feel like they're being encouraging, kind of like this almost yeah. like drill sergeant, like let's stay focused on our goal. But there's right. so, I think the part that at least correct me if I'm wrong, that you're saying is like, when we put this humor into it and we make it sound really light, it's like, we don't even, we're not even recognizing how deep the toxicity and diet culture stuff mm-hmm. runs in us, that we're just attaching like this moral compass to food without even thinking about it and, and laughing with it.
1: Yes. I mean, we don't do that with mental health anymore, you know, and we don't like body dysmorphia is a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she apologized for posting it once I texted her mm-hmm. and said, you know, I always, I love to give you guys burpees to do and, mm-hmm. Like, and I get, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I understand why in our society that would be like a humorous comment. Mm -hmm. The whole point is that it's, it's not like it it isn't actually. And then um, like two weeks later, our friend had a donuts and diapers baby shower and (laughs) she was there. I was there. I definitely ate the Andy's mint chocolate donut. And it was Uh amazing. I don't believe she ate one there's also yogurt and fruit
0: well it's like the mixed message of yes this is bad don't do it but yet let's still all get together and do it rather than like I'm such a big I don't know if when we were working together I use this language but I've started using the language of empowered eating okay like because I love intuitive eating but I think it can be like I just like taking it a little bit farther and using the word empowered eating because I think intuitively sometimes we don't Do things that support our bodies. So, yes. Like, for example, for me, I'm super emotional. I uh, like sometimes on Wednesdays, I have like existential Wednesdays where I'm like tired and exhausted. and like, what is my career in life? You know, and like intuitively, I want to just not eat dinner. My husband's like, what's for dinner? I'm like, wine is what's for dinner. It's like, you know, that feels intuitive. So, anyways, I use the word empowered eating now because it's like empowered eating is really helping to decide like what is best for you and your body. And I love that. it sounds like, like, it's just so hard to navigate when you're getting this message from your coach, like, oh, don't eat the donut. And if you do, you're doomed with almost 300 burpees. Mm-hmm. But then let's have a donut and diapers party and pretend like we're going to eat them. Maybe some of us, it's just yeah. so confusing. It's so yeah. confusing. So and you- one
1: of like the amazing things about being in that like mom group, you know, is like all the social events and stuff that we're doing. And, you know, we would do these like, Hot luck sort of parties, and everyone would bring desserts. You know, or at least like fifty percent of, mm-hmm. and like these cookies and cakes and like well, we all want it things, right? And it's like you see that no one eats them, and a lot of times they just sit there through the whole party. For the record, I always eat
0: them. <laughs> I always take a nice. bite of at least everything <laughs> just
1: to taste it. Um, like I'm always the mom, like. I'm just, I'm going to go back and grab that like other kind of cookie because <laughs> different. I want to try you it. feel
0: good about that? Yeah. Yes. Um, That's so empowered eating. Just that kind of, that whole culture. Um, so what was the turning point for you? Because I know like in your journey when we were working together, so everything you're talking about was like kind of when you and I, um, it was post baby and you and I weren't working together as regularly. This is all COVID year. But mm-hmm. prior to that, I remember you, you got really into, um, like the anti-diet body positivity culture. And that was really helpful to you at some point. Like I know we did the Effit diet, um, which is a book and totally awesome. Lots of good content in there, but it kind of like brought you to this point where it gave you permission to eat these foods. Whereas these other moms hadn't gotten that permission yet. And they were still living in this world of like, I want the cookies, so I'm going to make the cookies, but I'm not going to eat the cookies.
1: Yeah, yeah, that book was great. I think I mentioned that study to you of the like the men who ate for eight three thousand calories a day and then they chopped it to fifteen hundred and then how they had like every like they almost all of them had eating disorders and yes. obsessed about food and oh my gosh that yes. stuck with me forever of just like how um, putting our body in a famine state makes it think about when it's going to get food next and how it can get food next and that sort of obsession, which.
0: Okay. I just, so I just have to like tell everyone that's called the key study. And you were, I'm so glad you reminded me of that. Um, it's called the biology of starvation. And I'm totally going to do a whole podcast on that. Cause that is a Yay. whole topic that is so fascinating. It really, that really stuck
1: with me of just like Oh, like our bodies need food.
0: (laughs) It's not the enemy. No. um, So Okay. So you had kind of that background then of like this permission and education to eat. And then you went back into the culture of like, Mm -hmm. let's pretend we, or let's, let's hate on our bodies and let's use shame Mm -hmm. to avoid food. Mm -hmm. You kind of went back in there and then it sounds Mm -hmm. like this donut thing just was the turning point.
1: So I still love this workout program. I called the owner of the franchise who I'm like, I just know through other workouts.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I said, listen, um, like I still love the program, but I don't think this mentality is good for me. And so she switched me to a different instructor a okay. different um, coach who has been amazing. And I remember the first workout I did with her, she said something. Um, we were in the middle of like some sort of like knee raise, for one minute that was just burning, you know, like burning me out so hard. And she was like, what are you saying to yourself right now? Like, what's your voice inside your head saying? Is it, is it positive? Is it negative? Is it saying like, I can do this or like something kind of like that. And I was like, Oh, no one's ever asked me that before. Wow. wow. Like, cool. Oh, that voice is saying like, this is hard. Oh my God. <laughs> and then, um, I kind of started working. Um, She actually does. And I don't want to, say too much because I actually don't know about it and I don't want to pretend as if I do, but, um, a sort of voice therapy where the, the main idea is, I think is sort of naming the voice in your head. So, um, I
0: have, there aren't like voices in my head, but no, we actually, we call it, um, there's different, I don't remember what the name for the therapy modality is. because yeah. I'm not a therapist, but right. we've done this before. Um, when I've worked with therapists, it's like, you have a house in your head and there's different like rooms and you have different managers of different rooms. Oh, I love that. It's like different vis- ways to visualize that. So it's like, you have your work room, you have your family room, you have your playroom, you know, and it's like. OK, and you have your like bully room or whatever, but there's all these different rooms. So it sounds kind of like the same
1: thing. So Brad, Brad is this voice. He's like he's the guy in college that, you know, I heard say something about like my belly. And mm-hmm. he's, um, you know, the guy that's like, um, you really think you can wear that? You know, that kind of that abusive. Oh. Yeah,
0: that abusive body bully voice.
1: So I wrote Brad a note, and it was kind of eye opening to me that the Brads that we know as millennials right now, we grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And in the 90s, your body was the fashion.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: Britney Spears' midriff, like her belly button, that was what we wanted. Like, do you remember what shirt she was wearing? No,
0: but you remember like her belly. Her stomach, yes. Oh, I had a life-size picture of Britney Spears in my college (laughs) dorm room. And while I still love her and like totally, she's like the only person I've ever idolized, I think. But I remember like deep in my disorder, looking at her stomach specifically Mm -hmm. and going, Jess, you could have that stomach. Like you're close, but you... You know, you got to qu- knock you get up earlier, yeah. work out more. You got to try a little bit harder. Yeah. Bit okay, so you wrote this letter to Brad, and what did you say? Um, I did. So, Brad grew up in the 90s
1: like us millennials, so I said, well, it starts off by saying "F off, bro." <laughs> I love
0: it. Sometimes we got to tell
1: that voice, "Get out." <laughs> yeah. Um, I said it's sad you grew up with one beauty standard that you grew up thinking that we should notice and then mention either the positive or negatives about someone's body. Um, so basically a you, you think you can just comment on anyone's body
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or comment on a body that's different than the normal or perfect standard. Your loudness gets you heard and your entitlement gets you further. And then it goes a little bit further into just kind of what, kind of person my brain imagines this kind of person to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's just like, so when I hear that, I try to identify it. And then the other thing I've kind of realized is.
0: Wait, before that- you, I just want to ask, cause so you, mm-hmm. you named it, which is awesome. You've concretized this voice and almost put it into like a person in yeah. your head. And you kind of, it's a way you like almost forgave him for. Like he didn't, yeah, he almost didn't even know any better. It was just like part of totally his own upbringing, too, you know, and yeah. like forgave him. And now, when you have those thoughts, it sounds like you can quickly say, Oh, hey, Brad, what's up? F off. Yeah, that's yeah. cool.
1: I don't think I realized I forgave him. You're totally right, though. Like, and maybe when I wrote this, I didn't, but maybe now. Yeah. I, yeah, like um, it sounds like you did. Maybe <laughs> or like gave him some grace. You yeah. Know, of like, um, I I get where you're coming from. Um, because I kind of had I thought I was supposed to look like that too, you know? Yes. Um, yes. but I had to learn oh. that I I I don't.
0: That makes um, that like hits my heart because I think our culture is missing so much of that grace right now. It's like yes. it's just like I don't agree with you canceled you know, and here you're, you're like, okay, dude, you hurt me, but I get it. Cause I fell into the same trap too. Mm-hmm. I gotta move on. And I've got to set a boundary with you.
1: Yes. <laughs> and I think part of me doing that is a lot of like the internal work that I've been doing on myself and yeah. figuring it out and, um, being able to give someone else grace. Like you can only do that when, you're able to give yourself
0: some grace. Oh my gosh. Can you say that again? That's so true. <laughs> say that one more time.
1: Uh, you can only give yourself grace when, no, you're only able to give someone else grace when you can give yourself grace first.
0: Yes. And, and that's hard to do sometimes. Well, a lot so, of the
1: time, So hard to do. Mm-hmm. The sort of like positives maybe, because um, I haven't talked a lot about that. I had a hard time for a while with beauty you know, and I think that goes again to like an extreme, one way or the other. As an artist, um, what I'm figuring out is it's my job to produce beauty, mm-hmm. and part of that is looking at what makes something beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in art, making something smaller never makes it beautiful. Um, <gasps> yes. It's always about what's interesting. My art teacher,
0: he's Oh, I just got chills. So <laughs> good, Caitlin. So good.
1: It's contrast and detail and uniqueness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like one of the biggest things in art is trying to be different and trying to make it different and not the same as everyone else. Wow. And one of the things my art teacher said is being able to create beauty and seeing beauty and showing other people beauty is contrast.
0: So art has really opened up your eyes to think about beauty kind of beyond our cultural constructs.
1: Yes, very much so. And the idea of uniqueness and being different. And I think like being around other people and just kind of talking about other things.
0: Like instead of saying so focused on like, oh, I ate a donut. I can't believe I did it today. It's like... Oh, what did you do with your kids today? Or how, what did did your kid learn to tie his shoe today? You know, that yeah. those kind of conversations.
1: Yes. And I've been a stay-at-home mom this whole time too, so I think part of my art journey is being around other adults who are and aren't parents. Mm-hmm. But we get to talk about art and like things and um it's not stuff about bodies and eating and we just I have so much more time to think about other things now because <laughs> you, I'm not you freed up mental space yes <laughs> so
0: Literally,
1: there is more mental space for me to do other things now like oh, journal no. and figure out my self and like find myself and you know like part of my I miss a lot of those moms and I love them all mm-hmm. very much and I think that's what's kind of been hurting is like I do miss them, but I do have a lot more space for like other people and new people. And it's just kind of rounding
0: my life out a little bit more. Totally. And I just mm -hmm. have to ask you, I have to ask this new idea of beauty. How has that impacted how you see yourself and your own beauty? I think part of it
1: was, I realized I had to accept not being black and white about my beauty. So I'm not in shape or out of shape. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just, it's just my body. And I think for me, my average size is about an eight or a 10. And I think in certain brands, we all know the brands that go up and go down. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like postpartum and coming out of everything, that's where I'm at. And I think with body dysmorphia, it's always been hard to trust my own image because mm-hmm. you don't see what you really see. And we've had this mirror in our workout area and it's up against the wall and it cuts off your head. <laughs> okay. And I've been watching my body for my form because that has been a whole other new thing is how much form matters and how much better I work out and don't get injured when I use correct form. But I've been staring at this person in the mirror and been like, okay, like, okay. Yeah.
0: Look at that. Look at you wow. go. I'm like, and is it because you you're focused on your form now instead of. Yes. yes.
1: And so it's I'm the function. Yep. Wow. And like, just, I don't know the, the bullying has, has quieted so much that I'm able to just, you know, I, I will say it does scare me to think, Um, And this is where that energy food and tasty food thing came in Mm -hmm. is I've, I've been feeling where my boundaries are. And I realized something of like, okay, I can eat whatever I want, but I will gain weight. Mm -hmm. And if I'm comfortable with that, great. But I think what I realized is my biggest thing is getting up off the floor. I can always like tell that if I can get up off the floor easily, that feels good. If mm-hmm. it's more challenging, I'm not, I'm not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like keeping up with my kids. You know, that's where that comes from. Well,
0: that's a values-based goal right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so found I'm comfortable is working out about three or four times a week mm-hmm. um, in a high intensity interval training style. Um, that is just something I found because... I can push for that minute and be done. Yeah. And then, So like instead of a 20 minute run, which is something I used to try, but I realized that I can balance myself out more. And what I kind of came from of the good foods, bad foods, or what my mom would say is a fattening food, which I hate that word so much. <laughs> so instead we have like energy foods and we have tasty foods. Mm-hmm. So I keep a lot of raw produce in the fridge, like fruits, berries, cucumbers, raw peppers. Um, I eat a lot of those. My kids do. I try to have them eat those anyway. And then we also have cookie Saturday where we go to crumble cookie and we try all four new flavors and we each try each flavor and then we munch on them through the weekend. And then we do like pizza Saturday or pizza Sunday. And the Weight Watchers thought in me is like, Oh, you know, remember pizzas, 27 points or something. Mm -hmm. And that's really high. And then I, I go, okay. Okay. Like, that's kind of like another voice of like, yes, but we're not, we're not doing that anymore. And now the reminder is very quick. It used to be kind of a thing. And now it's like, it doesn't matter. Remember balance, like you know, I'm, I'm balancing it all. And we had lots of energy foods today and I can enjoy this pizza. And, and if anything, it's, it's less than all of what I just said. Like, I'm, I'm trying to tell you more because I don't have those thoughts as much anymore. And that has been the most freeing, amazing part about it is I can relax. My brain is quieter. I'm genuinely happier because I'm not beating myself up all day. And I mean, it's just, it's been great. I can never go back either. I never will go back. Either. You've
0: tasted the good light. I'm like sitting, I'm teary eyed again. I think when we were messaging each other doing prep for this, I was crying too. <laughs> I mean, this is in essence, like really at the heart of why I love what I do so much. Cause you just described this transition to where you're free to just be you. And yeah. like, Food and exercise fills yeah. an important part of your life, but it's not the most like central part of your life. Right. It's your platform, not your glass ceiling anymore, which is so cool. And my, my, my girls watch my, like my toddler,
1: she grabs my workout band and like thinks exercise is cool and fun and oh, they watch us eat it. cucumbers and- um, A lot of those fears I had about my girls kind of gaining weight, you know, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't want to be that mom. I think those fears are quieting down, too, because how could we possibly go down the same road when we've started a completely different one with like my my daughter knows what carbohydrates are and protein and fats. And she knows that you need balance in a meal. And it's just it's.
0: And she knows it's okay to have cookies on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Trying all of them. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope today strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, please take a minute to head on over to iTunes, fuel her awesome podcast, to leave a review, and subscribe. Ladies, can you imagine how much better our world would be if women everywhere were free from diet culture, misguided nutrition advice, and just had this ability to step into their full potential? If you have a girlfriend in mind that you know is amazing, but she's held back by food, body, or diet culture hangups, please join the mission. Share this episode on your social media with your friends. Girls, don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. It is always a pleasure. I cannot wait to chat with you guys next time. Until then, cheers and happy eating.